when Ebenezer Talks, Sunday Conversations with Pastor Milton Bunting. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, go and tell Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of your father, David, says. I've heard your prayer and have seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life. And I will deliver you from uh, the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city. I want to preach this morning from the subject calling the congregation to prayer. Calling the congregation to prayer. Let me preface what I will try to say today by suggesting that by the time we're done, we pray that you'll understand the objective of this message. Hezekiah's story is one that sheds light on a very serious problem that seems to resonate itself and continue to grow even in the confines and corridors of our own church. When we read Isaiah chapter 38, we see a man full of power because of his position. And yet he is, if you will, still not immune from trouble. However, the good news is today from Hezekiah's trouble is that the fact that he knew what to do when trouble came. Hezekiah knew uh, Charles Bailey how to get a prayer through. And that's the reason why I've called us together today. I've called us together at this moment to not just hear good singing and be mesmerized by the melodious sounds of our instruments and not just to be in the company of other believers. But on this fifth Sunday in November with five weeks left in the end of this year, I am calling us as a church to a season of prayer. With approximately five or so weeks left in this year, of 2020, I am calling this entire house of God to journey with the pastor through a deep and faithful and dedicated daily time of talking to God. Every night beginning tonight at 7.12 p.m., I'm asking this church to pray and to seek God's face as Hezekiah did in Isaiah chapter 38. And we convene at 712 theologically, uh, theologically Quintavion, nightly beginning tonight because 712 represents the origin of the name Ebenezer. Then Samuel took a stone and laid it upon Mitzpah and he called it Ebenezer. And so tonight beginning at 7.12 p.m. and concluding at January the 2nd at 7.12 p.m., we will as an entire church, I don't believe nobody's praying with me, 
go into a deep, concentrated moment of prayer. And so, Evelyn, you may ask, Pastor, why? Why are we going to pray now? Every night beginning tonight at 712, we're going to go to God in prayer. You're asking why, bro, Pastor, today? Why now? Just off the end of all that good eating and on the beginning of online shopping, trying to find this PS5, Alexis, and now you want to take us from online shopping and to go into a season of prayer. Why is this necessary at the close of the corridors of this year? Why and what has provoked the move of God at this time during this season and in this house? We ain't pastor heard no other churches going into prayer. Why are you doing it now? We ain't heard nothing about Mount Calvary and Shiloh and Atlantic and, and Holy Church trinity going in prayer why we got to go into prayer now i want to suggest today several things that i believe isaiah 38 teaches us concerning our need digging map to pray together as one unified body in christ as you read in your hearing as we read as you've seen on the monitors hezekiah had became ill. And that was the point to the point of death. Look at verse 1. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was to the point of death. I want to suggest today uh, that we are, if you will, similar to Hezekiah. We too are in this church sick. Our church is sick. Now, it might not look like it today because we've had a wonderful, magnificent worship experience thus far. But when you take our clothes off, when you, when you turn off all these pretty lights, when you shut down all of the monitors and you begin to take a divine stethoscope and look inside the corridors of our soul, it is safe to suggest today that our church is sick. And our sickness is one that cannot be healed at Atlantic Medical Center. It cannot be healed at Cheriton Medical Center. Our sickness is near fatal. We have been diagnosed today in this house with a sickness in our offering. We are not giving to God our tithes. Yeah, it's going to get a little tight today. And our offerings as we have in days gone by. I don't want to preach it, but I had no other charge. Y'all, y'all done drove me to it. I, I, we, we, we are, we are sick because we won't give. We won't tithe. We won't give our offering unto the Lord. And so these last few Sundays, it's been a little, little ugly in the offering plate, and so. Instead of us having a conversation with each other, 
thought we'd have a conversation with God about the matter. And then not only, not only have we found a sickness in our offering, but we've got a sickness in our faith. Because many of us right in here today are more focused on the daily news report about corona than we are on the report of the Lord. I believe my mother taught me that the Lord was my shepherd. And no matter how hard times got, she reminded me that the Lord would always provide. I believe my mother taught me that if I put my hand in the Lord's hand, God would make a way out of no way. But I found out that I'm pastoring some folk that trust CNN and WESR more than they trust Genesis through Revelation. And so you sit home because you're scared. You sit home. You, you, you do crazy stuff because you have exhibited a sickness in your faith. And then not only, not only are we sick in the offering plate, not only are we sick in our faith, but our community is sick. Our, our community... It's suffering uh, with a sickness. We've watched drive-by shootings over these last three or four weeks in various neighborhoods with close mileage, close proximity to this very room. And I want to submit today that one of the reasons why we've called ourselves to a season of prayer it's because just like Hezekiah, we too are sick. And our sickness is a result of everything that I've mentioned. And this sickness, these ailments have put us at death's door. Now, you saying, Palmer, ain't nobody going to die from that foolishness you're talking about. Well, let me call the road. When people in the pew refuse to give their tithe and their offering the church it's on its way to death when the people in the pew are, are more concerned and conflicted more by what they see on television rather than what they read in the bible the church is on its way to death i know you're not gonna like it when 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 there's more shouting when there's more shooting than baptism in the community, the church is on its way. Y'all not praying here. When the church focus is, is, is not on the laws, but, but rather on what WSR says and, and what the daily corona report is, the church is on its way to death. And this is where we are. This is where we are. I didn't want to preach it. I tried even listening to these children sing. I asked God to show me another word. I, I said, Dominica, just get mad. I, I asked God to point me to Ezekiel 37 or, or some other text that I know off the top of my head. But, but, but Miss Karen, he would not release 
me and, and I had to stay here because some Negroes ain't, ain't giving no money but, but you want the lights to stay on. Some, some Negroes stay home and, and hide behind the television and, and sit in crazy places but, but you'll go anywhere else you want to go and, and we got young people can't walk the streets like, like me and Jessica did when we were children because folk wanted to ride by with AR-15s and, and, and shoot up neighborhoods where, where old people, Miss Ruth, can't even sit on the porch and, and watch the cars go by and, and the church just goes on as usual. And I want to stop because I know I got at least two. Say, well, I ain't going to get no money because he get all of it. That's a lie. Because I work two other jobs to get what I need. Well, 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 what are you talking about about me? I'm grown. I go where I want you right. But I want you to have that same attitude. When trouble comes, I want you to act the same way you act about Corona and you're scared to go here and you're scared to be in church. When trouble comes and cancer comes and, and your children get in trouble, I want you to use Corona as the excuse as to why you can't get in touch with God. I want you to go home and look at your front yard. And I want you to think about how you'd feel if you wanted to go home on a nice day, get you some iced tea, get you some macaroni salad with tuna inside of it, and sit on the porch, and you're scared to sit there because you don't know who might ride by. And just start randomly shooting. That was a situation in Little Boston last year. On a Friday night, somebody, somebody just decided they were going to take a truck or something and, and make figure eights in people's yards. And about 12 or 15 yards, they just went around and made figure eights. And now some of the elderly folk are scared to, to stay by themselves. And then you've got the audacity to tell me that the church ought not be praying. This is where we are. Our church is sick. Our church has some ailments. Our church is dying. And we are, if you will, at a point of death. Look at the rest of verse 1. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you're going to die and not recover. The sickness, Brother Dickens, that Hezekiah was dealing with didn't look good. And thusly was warned of there was, a, there was a warning to get your affairs in order. Call Nick Klein and, and get your will prepared. 
go down to PNC and make sure there's a beneficiary on all of your accounts. Go, go somewhere and make sure all of your chariots are left to where you want them to be left because time that has been ain't going to be no more. And here we are, Ebenezer. Here we are today. We too need to take heed to the very same message, Dominique. We too, as a church, needs to get our house. Come on and help me here. In order, we need to get in order and go back to the biblical mandate of tithes and offerings. We need to get our house in order and go back to the word of God and trusting the word of God instead of living in fear for something that we don't know anything about. I don't know nothing about Corona, but I know about God. I don't know anything about the pandemic, but I know what the Bible says. We need to get our house in order. Go back to doing more than just being, just bringing some, some little trinkets to the Lord. Our community needs us. And this ain't for no picture in your paper. This community situation ain't about no preacher hearing his name or her name called people's lives are in danger. Your grandchild come home from the city for the holidays and you afraid to let him play in the yard because you don't know what might happen. When I say the church is going to die, I'm not talking Quintavion about a literal building dying. But we are going to suffer due to our lack of obedience to God. This ain't about me. This is about what God has commanded us to do through the word of God. We are, my dear Ebenezer, at a point of death. And we are at this point because of our unwillingness to obey and abide by the word. Reverend Pastor, you don't know what I feel. I'm an old person and I'm scared. I understand. I respect your age, but I want to know how much are you praying in your old age? Well, bro, Pastor, you don't understand. My finances are, are really flat right now. Yeah, mine are flat too. But I know what the Bible says. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there might be meat in my house. And prove me if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you won't have room enough. Y'all children ought to be able on a nice Sunday afternoon like this to go outside and play and we as parents and grandparents go and take a nap like our parents and grandparents did and not wonder or fret or worry about whether a bullet with no home is going to cause them to have a service at 1 o'clock next Saturday. And I don't mean no harm to nobody. Ain't none of this stuff going to change until we give it to God. Ain't none of this stuff going to get no better until we give it to God. Ain't none of this stuff going to get no better, excuse that bad English mama, until God is asked to intervene. So, 
The sickness in this church is a result, if you will, of our negligence to the mandate of God. And I hear God saying that if we don't do better, if we don't go back to being gracious and obedient givers, if we don't do better and get away from allowing every COVID-19 report to draw us farther from God's word, I hear the Lord saying that if we don't do better and take our community to God in prayer and ask him for ways that the community can become better, we will die and not recover. And I believe the Lord led us to Hezekiah's story because nestled in his story is the remedy for what we are currently facing. Nestled in his story is the remedy for what we are going through. Listen to what Hezekiah says in response to Isaiah's warning. Isaiah chapter 38 verse 2. Layla, give it to me, baby. Hezekiah turned his face, there you go, baby, to the wall and prayed. Thank you, Junior. And prayed to who? To where? To the Lord. Hezekiah did what all of us ought to have been doing long before today. Long before 7, 12 p.m. tonight. Hezekiah prayed. He talked to God. He had a conversation with God. He and God had a prayer meeting. And, and that's where we need to be. We need some prayer. Y'all don't believe me? We need to call on God. Now, let me, let me catch my breath here. Anybody can testify, Palmer, you talking right now because I remember when I called on. I remember when I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, and I had a talk with the master, and God turned things around. Palmer, you talking right now because I remember when I was weak, when I was tired, when I was almost ready to give up, but I had a talk with God, and, and God turned things around. Palmer, I know you're talking right. I, I remember my bad son. I remember my disobedient daughter. I, I remember what the doctor and the nurse said. I, I remember my sleepless nights, but I, I also remember turning my face to the wall and talking to God and telling God all about my trouble. And I, I remember how God turned things around. You can't make me doubt him because I know Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can't tell me that God ain't a keeper. You, you can't tell me that God won't provide. You can't tell me that if you got a little faith in him that he'll protect you from danger seen and unseen. I know, I know I need prayer. I don't know what you need, but I know on that long list, yeah, Dominique, that, that PS5 and that Honda Rubicon and, and them, that, that car that my mother won't buy me. I know that, that long list, but at the top of all of that, I need prayer. Y'all hear me? 
when, when I look at all that I need to do here with y'all, I can't do it without prayer. When I look at how God has silenced me as the moderator with the association and Corona has nearly shut us to a crawl, I, I know I need prayer. I know I need prayer riding in the very second chariot behind the president of the state convention, not knowing whenever my number might be called to go up. I know I need, I need prayer waiting on pain to give me an answer to this application. I, I know I need prayer. I look at how frustrating this year has been for all of us. I look at how hard it's been trying to pastor and moderate through a pandemic. And some folks who you pastor, who you moderate, make it harder than what it ought to be. And, and, and you're just like me. You too need prayer. Word on the street, don't know when stuff might shut down. Some of y'all's unemployment ran out yesterday. So you just like me, you need to talk to God. Husband sick, you need to talk to God. Wife in trouble, you, you need to talk to God. Don't know how you're going to send that child to school in the fall. You need to talk to God. Matter of fact, some of y'all's children ain't going back to the school over there until January. Now you're trying to figure out tomorrow morning, what in the world am I going to do? How am I going to feed him? How, how is he going to learn anything? I, I don't have no education to help this child, but, but, but for whatever reason, I, I got to do something here, baby. You're right. You got to talk to God. And so, 7, 12 p.m., beginning tonight, all the way up to January the 2nd, you and I got some stuff we need to tell God about. 7, 12, the 9th, all the way up to January 2nd. We've got some thanksgivings, as Percy Jane would say, that we need God, that we need to be offered unto God. 7, 12, the 9th, until January the 2nd, nightly, we've got some problems that we need God to fix. 7, 12, the 9th, until 7, 12, January the 2nd, nightly, we've got some situations that, that are drawing us down and seemingly putting us in a hard, hard place. we got to talk to God about it. Just like Hezekiah, just like him, we too must turn our face to the wall and pray. This turning now, theologically speaking, if you will, uh, this turning, Quintavion, you know this, is an act of humbling oneself and removing any disruptions that might occur during the much-needed time in prayer. Praying to God requires a focus. Praying to God requires us to focus and thusly Focus in a way that we are not distracted by any outside entity that may try to hinder us from being in tune with God. 
You see, when you pray, prayer is a two-way communication. You just don't talk to God. But you want a God that'll talk back to you. When you go to your mama, you talk to her. Or rather, she talks to you. You dare not. Pat Jessica dare not, even at 30-some years old, dare not talk back to her. But that's not how it is with God. When I talk to God, I want God to talk back to me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't want William just to talk to him about these 49ers beating the Rams today. I don't want, I don't want to just talk to God about Anthony's Broncos not having been able to play because of the corona. But I want Anthony to have God talk back to him. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I don't want to just linger and wear God's ear out, but I want him to wear mine out. And therefore, I can't have no distractions. I got to turn the phone off. I got to turn off the television. I, I can't text Dominique. I can't call him at Dollar General. I, I, I just got to be cool because I'm talking to God and I, and I need God to talk to me. That's what Hezekiah did. Look, Layla, look, Junior, give me verse 3. Remember, oh Lord, how I've walked. I'm going somewhere. Remember how I've walked before you faithfully with my whole heart, with wholehearted devotion. And have done, watch this, what is good in your eyes. And the Bible says, Hezekiah wept bitterly. Or in other words, he cried. I thought about that. And I thought about us, Ebenezer. And I thought about all them good years that we walked before the Lord faithfully. I thought about all those good Sundays where we took up good money and how we blessed the community and how we exhibited a kind of faith that no matter what kind of pandemic was in front of us, you couldn't tell at 9504 because we were walking with the king. But just like all things, every now and then, we hit a roadblock. And sometimes you just got to remind the Lord, Lord, that was a time. I ain't always been this devilish. I ain't always been this sinful. I ain't always been unfaithful. I ain't always been not a, a person who gave. But, but that was a time, God. I want to remind you of the times that I was good. Trying to help y'all learn how to pray. When you talk to him over these next five weeks, you need to let him know. You need to remind him, God, I was faithful. God, I have been faithful. God, I have been a good tither. I've just fallen short here lately. Oh, has he recalled unto the Lord all the good things he had done and how faithful Miss Ruth he had been and then still being humble, he cried. 
just like a good child in front of his parents standing there desiring something from them and they act or appear as if they don't want to give it what do we do anybody anybody ever cried in front of mama cried in front of daddy in hopes to get to the innermost part of their heart sometime during these next several weeks I hope you cry. I hope you think about how empty your envelope has been and it makes you cry. Over these next five weeks, I hope some of us go down on our knees and think about how unfaithful and how fearful we've been and how, how we've acted as if we don't know who God is in the midst of a pandemic and I hope we cry. We pray about our community and look out over our community and think about how bad things are. I hope it brings tears to our eyes. But in the end, I got to leave y'all now. In the end, in the end, if we pray and pray right, God will do for us what he did for King Hezzy. Hear the words, Junior, of the passage as we hasten to our chair. Isaiah 38, 4 through 6. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go tell Hezekiah this. That'll preach right there, you. This is what the Lord said. The God of your father, David, says, I've heard. Y'all don't know when to shout. I've heard your prayer. I, 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 I've not only heard your prayer, but I've seen your tears. I, I will add uh, 15 more years to your life. Clarence, when I was a boy, Clifford would preach this text at Trinity about every year, and I did not understand it then because I was just like Junior. I was a young boy. I didn't understand it, but, but this weekend I understood. I understood. Because when you talk to God, when you spend quality time, I'm closing right here, with God, in sincerity, God will hear your humble cry. When you close out everybody and don't and close out everything and just focus on him, he'll not only hear your cry, but he'll see your tears. And I know, Quintavion, you're going to beat me up when we go in the locker room, but it's poor theology what I'm getting ready to say. But I'm crazy. I believe not only will he see your tears, but he'll feel your tears. He'll, he'll feel your tears when you cry to him and your tears will move him to respond. God heard the prayer. Hezekiah, he heard his prayer, he saw his tears, and he added life, watch this, he added life to his life. 
And he delivered his kingdom from the hand of the enemy. Listen. The enemy thinks he's got us in his clinches because we've been laxadavy in our giving. The enemy thinks he's got us in, our, in his clinches because we got some folk in here that's scared of their own shadow. The enemy thinks he's got the community in his clinches because he's allowing any and everything to take place. But I got a word for the enemy. The word has nothing to do with weeping may endure for a night joy come in the morning. The word has nothing to do with you abiding me and I abide in you. The word is I'm turning my face to the wall. And I'm going to have a talk with the master. I'm going to have a talk with Jesus. I'm going to tell him all about my troubles. Why am I going to tell him, Clarence? I'm going to tell him because he'll hear my faintest cry. And then you know what he does when he hears it? He'll answer. By and by. And then you know what ought to happen to us? When you feel the prayer wheel turn. Know a little fire is burning. Have a little talk with him. And he will today. I said he will today. I said he will. He'll make it what? All right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Won't he make it all right? All right in the morning when the hellhounds are raging. All right at noonday when you can't seem to find your way. All right in the evening when friends are few. God, he'll make it all right. God, he'll fight your battle. God, he'll turn it around. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody hold me like Jesus. Can't nobody rock me like Jesus. Can't nobody help me feel good like Jesus. Can't nobody lift me up like Jesus. When I'm down, he picks me up. When I'm lonely, he's my company keeper. So I'm going to call on him at 7.12 tonight. I'm going to call on him at 7.12 tomorrow night. I'm going to tell him that I'm not paying my money. I'm going to tell him that I haven't been a gracious giver. I'm going to tell him that I'm scared of the corona. I'm going to tell him that I need your help because I got to go back to church. I got to get my mind right because I go everywhere else. I'm going to fall on my knees and I'm going to tell him that my community's in trouble. I'm going to tell him that my grandchild can't play. I'm going to tell him that my children can't go outside. And I'm going to ask the Lord, will you cover my community? I'm going to ask the Lord, will you prick my heart and make me give my money? I'm going to tell the Lord, help me with my 
to thrust my hand in your side. I don't need to put my finger in the hole in your hand. All I need is to believe that on Christ the solid rock we stand. All, all, all of the ground is sinking sand. You all know I don't like preaching about money. You all know I don't like talking about your giving. But I'm tired of trustee looking cross-sided. I'm tired of getting a text message that says we didn't make anything today. I'm tired of going in the kitty where that money might be. You ought to give because the Lord has been good to you. I'm tired of watching you on Facebook not coming to nobody's church because you scared with your mask on. You scared with your hands covered. But you'll go in my collard green field. You'll go in my sweet potato bone. You'll go down the island food lion. You'll go in the Walmart store. You'll go wherever your grandchildren ask you to go. But when Sunday morning comes, you can't come to the Lord's house. Baby, I got something to tell you. If the Lord was to come down today and tell you to come out of your tent door, what would you tell him? No, Lord, I cannot come because the corona's out there. No, Lord, I cannot go because I'm scared of the pandemic. But the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of a sound, sound mind. And I know how I got my sound mind. I read his word. I pray my prayers. And in the end, God will, God will, God will fight my battle. God will restore my soul. God will raise the offering. God will change the community. God will heal my child. God will deliver my mama. God will, God will, God will. Come here, reset. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he will, he will, he will do for you with his arms wide open. He will pardon you. It is, it is, if you pray right, it is, if you go down on your knees, it is, secret what the Lord my God near his baby 
born in Bethlehem, born in a swaddling clothes, born in a manger, because there was no room in the Hampton Inn. It is no secret what the Lord shall do if you call on him, if you call on him, if you call on him, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he, won't he, won't he? Won't he do it? Say it, say it, say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, I'm done. Listen, listen. I struggle, seriously. I don't know if I've ever struggled as much as I struggled with this sermon this week. Because we've had a good, con good consistent flow. I mean, these, these kids, I call them kids, they're younger than me, have made worship excellent. And, and I struggled. I said, God, ain't no way in the world you want me to go in there and say that. I mean, even in my office this morning, I, I was like, God, ain't no way. I'm, I, let, let me deal with it Wednesday night. And, and he wouldn't release me. We, God's been too good to us for us not to come here right. And I am sick, and I know, I know, this sounds so 2004 of me, but I am so sick and tired of hearing how scared we are about a virus that ain't going nowhere. Why don't we talk about how we're going to live with it? How we're going to navigate around it? Why don't we talk about what we can do to make life as normal as we can instead of hiding behind doors and walls as if it can't come down and get you? I'm tired of hearing that. And so what we've got to do, because y'all just as tired as I am, tired of your community, you can't even sit on the porch and talk to your neighbors, holler at them because somebody might ride by and just randomly, ain't, you ain't done nothing to them. This ain't nothing about me and Dante got an issue, got a beef so we shoot at each other. He's probably a quicker draw than I am. It ain't nothing to do with that. This ain't got nothing to do with, with Charles Bailey and William arguing over the 49ers and the Cowboys and so they shoot it out at the OK Corral. It's just some young punks that don't understand a gun ain't for that. And you upsetting the elderly folk and, and the church needs to pray. Ebenezer Talks, Sunday Conversations with Pastor Milton Bunting.